and Shaggy <laughs> out of the mix, huh? Got, I can't get Boombastic with I was going to say, Boombastic got axed. Look at us being professional broadcasters and actually fulfilling our time slots correctly for the That's first time right. in a few weeks. It is a Tuesday night, and we are here at Awkward High Five Studios in Medellin for episode 9-9. Oh, yeah. See, here's the deal. Let's be honest. We're not doing anything for the 100th episode. <laughs> What do you want to do? I don't know. We keep saying we keep. This is the this is the problem. If I could uh, name if, that band, if I could not, yeah. yeah, let's bring the book out again because that went over so well. Um, I actually listened to that episode, and uh, the whole episode was great. And then it was just like, <laughs> oh, that book. I was talking about the name the band contest. Oh, that too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should stop bringing up band names yeah. on the show. The name the band contest is still happening. It's just uh, you know. There's certain things that need to happen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Um, we, we've we been teasing ourselves with the fact that we're going to have some big blowout for our 100th episode. But honestly, I don't think that we fucking can. Yeah, well, I think the 100th episode is going to slide right on by <laughs> and nothing's going to happen. It's the 100th episode. It's a year since we launched. It's, it's a big time of year. I know. And kaputs. Well, <laughs> the thing is, is that... Is that uh, we just we're just not still in the position that we thought we'd be in a hundred episodes in. <laughs> I know. I remember a year ago or like uh, New Year's. I was like, we're gonna kill it this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the show's doing great. We we have a, a solid base of listeners, and I th- for everyone who listens to the show on a regular basis, I thank you for that. And uh, and we're we're still working on things and and uh, trying to couple of new ideas and grow the show, as they say, and, and, and do all that stuff. And uh, we have ideas that we're working on that we're going to implement and all that. But it's just uh, right now we're just in this like kind of stalemate as far as our, 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 our time to do things, our ability to do, our resources to do things, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. The we- first thing we need, honestly, is, is a bigger, better studio. We need a place where we can have people come and, and hang out. You know, Here it comes that money factor again, and and then we we also need to do some live stuff. We need to you know figure out some couple things where we could do a live show, like we keep saying with the reviews. You know, once we have a hundred reviews, that's definitely going down. That's another thing that the uh, the reviews have completely stopped. And I'm not complaining. You know, people could either review if they want or don't review if they don't want. It doesn't really matter. But you know, it was like it was flowing along for a while and then kind of came to a screeching halt. You know, yeah. I guess everyone listens on SoundCloud and. I was going to say maybe people don't have iTunes, but I think that's just me. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, when we first started doing the show and we put up the, you know, the review thing, uh, I did find out that a lot of people, I just thought iTunes is one of those universal things that you have, just like, uh, I don't know, like a fucking Netflix or like something. Like a microwave? Or, yeah, sure. A science oven? Yeah, like a science oven, <laughs> unless you're the Giordano family until 1996. 99. 99. Number of the day. You almost made it to the new millennium without the microwave. <laughs> no, I got it in like 94. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I remember being in high school and microwaving stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was at somebody else's house. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, and, and then there's a lot of people that said, I can't leave a review because I don't have iTunes. And they like, apparently you need a credit card when you when you uh, sign up to itunes yeah but they don't charge anything yeah either. right it's just it's just if you want to make purchases that's there but yeah. i think there's a lot of people out there that think that um that itunes is not free or 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 something just because they need a credit card and people are like i'm not putting my yeah. credit card well in. that probably sketches people out like put my credit card in to leave a review like what the fuck you know the thing with reviews is it's not because we want and number one if you listen to podcasts at all they every single one of them you know for the most part asks you to review the podcast and the reason is is not because you want we want to sit there and revel in good reviews and and barry horowitz ourselves because people like the show or or whatever or vice versa um you know feel bad because people don't like the show it's because the more reviews there are the more exposure the show gets especially with itunes the more reviews and stars that the show has the higher up it goes in the ranks and the more people see it easier and more people listen to it. that's all this you know so that's why we ask for those things yeah well i'm just trying to get to the, the party yeah 
Well, that's another money thing, too. Because I'm looking forward to that tasty fish. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, it's, I know we've been saying it for 100 episodes, but it is going to happen. It's just we have to get to 100 reviews. Once we get to 100 reviews, we're throwing that party. And, uh, and hopefully that'll be the start of bigger and better things to come. But, yeah, we're looking down the, the, um, the barrel of episode 100, mm-hmm. which did come up very quickly. Yeah. And you know what? We do have 50-something reviews, which is like a review every two episodes. So that's not that bad, I guess, for, you know, on the listener's behalf, is it? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. I know. Look, I'm not complaining at all. You know, uh, there the, we could have be doing this podcast and nobody could be listening to it. There could be no reviews. Nobody could like it. I, I think for, for the the amount that we've done so far in the short amount of time, and the grand scale of things, the very short amount of time that uh, that we've been doing this show, I think the response has been great. I think that the listenership has been great. Uh, you know, it's there's no complaints. Um, so whatever, it's no big deal. I I know for myself. You know, like, I, especially now, I'm actually actively seeking out podcasts now because I'm spending so much time in the car commuting back and forth from my new job that I that I, I really need more stuff to listen to because uh, I have like two or three go to podcasts. But even those I'm selective on the episodes. But now, I've you know, I've been listening to Radio Lab stuff and uh, Sam Harris's podcast and um and so on and so forth. Mac- Malcolm Gladwell had a short one that I kind of blasted through. I, I, I'm like looking f- for podcasts. And uh, some of these podcasts that, that I'm just finding out about now, because I'm like Googling and saying like, what's good podcast or, or educational or humor or whatever it may be. And, uh, and some of them I'm finding out about right now, uh, as a podcaster myself, have been around for like four or five fucking years. Yeah, I, I, you know, I had a feeling you'd say that. And, and have and have thousands of of reviews and and all that stuff. And I still haven't heard about them. Right. You know, it's 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 it, we, we 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 at nauseum have talked about the fact that we've played in bands our whole lives. And the the podcast model nowadays is as closely related to the original band model that I could possibly think of. It's mm-hmm. it's you you it's you get out there, you start doing your thing. Hopefully you get a following, and uh, hopefully people start showing up. If you, if the product's good enough, uh, it, you know, if you're creative enough, if you're funny enough, whatever it may be, and then and then it goes from there. But yeah. but it's also similar in the fact that there are billions mm-hmm. of of the same type of people try, trying to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the cool thing is that you could get a niche, you know, like or, or a niche, if you will. Well, how do you I, say that? I would say niche. Yeah, I have always said niche. I thought but, niche was the philosopher. But I no, it's Nietzsche. Nietzsche. It's, oh yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I but I hear people say niche, and I'm always kind of like, eh, I don't know. I think it's niche. Neve Campbell. But <laughs> Neve Campbell. Neve Campbell. Um, but uh, th- that's the good thing about the, the internet now, and and there's so much saturation, but then there's also the ability to get a little a little corner for yourself you know and and that's what i like like i don't i don't care about there ever being thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners of awkward high five but if we have a strong uh, listener base of people that really like the show and and we and, and feel free to reach out to us and talk to us and we could have a community that way that's what i'm looking for oh didn't you say someone left a message on the old phone number oh shit i you know what i think that did happen yeah, and i didn't i never checked it oh man uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what it's about i forgot all the fuck about that i'm sorry <laughs> I'll have to look it up. Lost voicemails. Um, yeah, at one point we started to do a phone number. We should probably bring that back, actually. Yeah, why not? Yeah, but uh, we had a phone number that you could call and leave a message, and uh, a few people did, but it wasn't. That was at the very early stages of the show when we were all gung ho and we started this thing. We're just like, all right, we're gonna have this, and we're gonna have that, and we're gonna have this, and we're gonna do this, you know, and and uh, and had all these grand schemes, and then slowly but surely realized that even coming up with two hours worth of shit to talk about a week was <laughs> was hard enough. And there was like, kinda, all right, with the phone number and shit. Yeah, but if we bring the phone number back, we could have Matt Freeman do the voicemail, and then it would fucking be sweet. Awkward <laughs> high five. <laughs> Leave message. <laughs> message, 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 message. That would fucking blow it up right there. You just need something like that, you know? Okay. Well, you know what? We're, we'll bring back the... Do I still have the number? Let me see if we could get people to actually call the A High Five hotline. Hang on for a sec. I think I have it. Talk to talk yeah, to. Our... It was like a weird number, wasn't it? It was like. Well, I think I tried to get something that was kind of had a, a, an A high five in it. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, it did. It, 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 I think A high five was the last four, right? 
I believe so. It was like A-H-I, and then the number five, unless it was a V, like Rocky. Rocky. No, I don't think Rocky I was that. Uh... Yeah, okay. Here's the phone number. It's still active. You can still call it and leave a message. Please do so. Let's get this thing popped back up again. Uh, 607-319-2445, which is 607-319-AHI5. Oh, my God. The phones are lighting up now. Ding, ding, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Caller one. Here, uh, you're on with Devin Ritchie. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, Devin Ritchie. Long time. Uh, no, wait, what did they say? <laughs> uh, long time listener, first time caller. Yeah, long time, first time. Um, we were just talking about your... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah, and then it got short to lo- just long time, first time. Yeah, long time, first time. <laughs> uh, or the, the one that uh, every once in a while you, you hear people call into a talk radio show and they think that they're clever and they say, sorry to bother you guys at work, but... Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, there you go. There's the fucking phone number. Let's see if let's see if 100 episodes in, we could get more phone calls. <laughs> All right, that's enough whining nah, about... We're going to get a shitload of fucking prank calls now. Um, it's weird being here on a Tuesday. Because uh, we're usually intellectuals on Tuesday, and we got nothing to talk about. <laughs> well, what do we have to talk about? Uh, there's a couple things I wanted to talk about. Well, bring out nothing, nothing, nothing intellectually stimulating, though. I'm not... Okay, go ahead. I was just going to start rapping for no reason. Funny you say that. Oh, okay. I, uh, I don't know. I've just been watching a lot of TV lately, sunken into my serious depression. So I'm trying to How's find... How's that depression going, by the way? Fucking delicious. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. But, um... I'm getting there with you, by the way. <laughs> I thought I thought my life was taking a turn for the better. Nope. <laughs> better leads to worse. Not happening. <laughs> Hate it. Can't stand it. <laughs> I Don't thought, be doing I it thought I saw Dev was here carved above the door. <laughs> I'm priming it up. <laughs> I'm fucking slowly tying the noose. Slowly. But uh, sooner or later, it's flopping over that beam. All right, go ahead. Kicking the chair over. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but there's a new greatest show on TV app. And what is it? Uh, it's called The Get Down. The Get Down. Yeah. Do you what hear, do you hear about it? No, I don't no. know about it whatsoever. It's a, it's produced by Nas and uh, I think I want to say like Curtis Blow and those cats. Like, well, Nas not being from that era, but there's a few cats from like the late seventies, early eighties that produce it, and I think Nas is like the executive producer. But it's about um like the South Bronx in the late seventies and how. Um, just them cutting records turned into like hip hop and rap. It's fucking amazing. But uh, what channel is it on? Netflix. Oh, yeah. That was a very uh, not 2016 question to ask. What channel is it on? <laughs> and then I came back with Netflix. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. A little reversal there. Netflix has been disappointing me lately. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They they revived themselves with this one. Okay. Well, actually, that's a lie because Narcos was really good. Stranger Things was good. I can't get into the Marvel things. Like, I don't care about Black Marvel guy. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. But Was he even really a comic book character? I believe so. I don't really? know. Everybody, But everybody's, like, in love with it. And I even... I was desperate one night to start watching something, and I put it on for, like, a second, and I was like, I can't do this. Because I watched that whole Jessica Jones thing, and the only thing that kept me through that was... Uh, actually, I think that's where that dude comes from. I think he was in that beforehand. But anyway, the only thing that kept me through that is just being able to look at what's-her-name. sweet milky titties. Yeah, I just yeah. was staring at her all the whole time. That, that was it. I just can't do those fucking shows. Nah, but uh, sucks. By the way, I saw Deadpool and what a fucking steaming pile of dog shit that was. Didn't like it? Not a second People of it. People loved it. What? It's nonstop fucking idiotic sexual innuendos from Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. That's all it is. Okay. And I think there's like one fight at the end where garbage falls on a big rock guy and that's it. You didn't... (laughs) Well, that's most of the Marvel uh, universe is just garbage falling on big rock guys. (laughs) But that was it. You didn't like all the fourth wall breaking that they did? That was terrible. Terrible. I thought that there was a couple good parts um, and I could understand why why people consider that to be such a good comic book movie because as far as comic book movies go, it's I mean at least they're at least it's R rated and and they're and they're they're actually you know talking like normal people or or you know I don't know at least there's some some sort of dirtiness and substance to it but uh but yeah I'm with you on it. so disappointed I wasn't uh I was not blown away by that film because. You know, it, what happens in it is the little things that made Ryan Reynolds funny, 
just blows it up and beats it with a bat. Yeah. It's all his little quips. You know, it's like the movie waiting times a thousand. Right. You know? Yeah, it's definitely Ryan Reynolds' personality. Too much. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I didn't like about it is that they kind of sterilized T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller is one of the funniest fucks on the face of the earth. Who was that? He's the, the bartender best friend thing. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah, that dude. I love that. Dude. Yeah, he's yeah. funny as shit, man. Yeah. Fucking great stand-ups. He's hilarious as uh, El, whatever his name is, Elric or whatever in uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, he's just. He's I just, always liked his work, and uh, she's just not that into or whatever. Uh, she's just not that into. You. I've no, never watched that film. Um, no, no, no. Because no, no. I'm a uh, male. Not that movie. <laughs> What's the, um? She's out of your league. Oh, I don't, I don't think I ever saw that either. It's weird, but it's funny. Yeah, anyway, he's fucking hilarious. And uh, and that was one of the reasons when I watched it, I was like, well, at least he'll be funny. And he had like one or two lines, but you could even tell that, that he probably, it was one of those Judd Apatow situations where they just had him rattle off like a hundred lines and then they picked the one that they thought yeah, was the funniest. Yeah, yeah. And I and then when the things that he said were like, okay, funny, but I was like, I, I know this dude is a genius funny. So I'm sure there was like three or fucking four or 10 other lines that he said that would have been more funny, but the editors just chose these ones. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was actually, uh, to, uh, real quick, and then we'll get back to the get down is, uh, is I watched the Ghostbusters movie. Did you see Ghostbusters? I started watching it, and I thought that was a piece of crap, too. Well, it was a piece of crap, unfortunately, and not because women were in the fucking cast. It, this is the one thing about this this movie that bothers me, is that if, if for some reason, if you make fun of this movie or dislike this movie, you're being a sexist. Yeah. And that's not that, that true. That was like a setup. But it's not true because I I love I literally love every single one of those women in that in that in that movie. I I think they're all fucking hilarious. Uh, Kate McKinnon's the best thing on Saturday Night Live. Leslie Jones is funny as shit, and then obviously Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy. I mean, like I I don't have anything wrong with that. I would love to see an all woman Ghostbusters film that worked. And here's the reason that here's the re- main reason that it didn't work is just for the same reason that I said about T.J. Miller is that they just fucking handicapped all these hilarious uh, women that not only are hilarious but they're also hilarious at improving. Like Melissa McCarthy is 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 a master improver. That's one of the reasons that she's so funny. If you ever watch any of the t- uh, the the uh, like uh, there was that movie This Is Forty, which was the sequel to. Um, uh, knocked up or whatever, yeah. and and she has a small part in it where she's yelling at the principal of the school. Yeah, yeah. But, hilarious. But they show they show the outtakes, and it's just her just improving, yeah. and every fucking beat that she has in that is drop dead, cry on the fucking floor, funny. She's hilarious every time that I, she's my one of my favorite Saturday Night Live hosts because she's she's great. And uh, they literally had her do this line in it, and this is when I was like, okay, this movie's a steaming pile of dog shit is something happened and the ghost popped out and she got thrown around or something and Leslie Jones had to slap her and Melissa McCarthy said, that's going to leave a mark. She did, that's going to leave a mark. Yeah. That that line has been used a billion times in every single fucking movie. It's not funny anymore and you know that she could have came up with something a million times uh, more funny than that but they made her say that's going to leave yeah. a mark. And you know, it's funny you said that because I, I, in that movie I forgot that that was her. Yeah. I thought it was somebody else. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. and Kristen Wiig too. You know, Kristen Wiig is a fucking heavyweight. Fucking, she'll kill you. She's funny as fuck, and uh, and they just had her kind of be like the, like she was in love with the Thor guy and didn't you know and was kind of like timid and oh, I don't know guys like is it the right thing we need to do you know and it just wasn't a Kristen Wiig character. Yeah. She's normally such a like a big strong character in films like mcgruber <laughs> uh, yeah whatever uh, you know like or even even in like bridesmaids you know like she she carried yeah, yeah. you know like fucking she's just hilarious and, and great and and that so the reason that that film didn't work isn't because there was women in it uh the reason that film didn't work is because they didn't realize the potential of these women and didn't give them the ability to do what they do that make that makes them these superstar movie stars yeah right. and you could almost sense it too like they they were saying lines where it just seemed forced and i was just like click yeah that was and leslie jones too like uh the first leslie jones scene when she's in the subway and she sees the ghost and it's just like oh hell no you know like 
I, you know, like I, she, she might as well have just said, "Fucking, uh, I, I ain't got time for that." What was that chick? <laughs> what, what did that girl say? Uh, bye, Felicia. Oh uh, no, no, uh, ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, yeah, 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 you know, she might as well have just said that. Like it was like everything she said was hacky, and it looked like that. It was all filmed in front of a green green screen. Wasn't oh, of course it, it was. Yeah, that was yeah. terrible. That's yeah. terrible. Well, I mean, yeah, at this point, if you're going to make a movie about ghosts terrorizing Manhattan, it's going to be pretty green screen. Yeah, but Ghostbusters did it great. Well, like, even, well, that's a whole another argument because I agree with you on that. Even you know the Marshmallow Man going through the the like the model of Manhattan. I thought they got a big giant blow up doll of Marshmallow <laughs> Man. I didn't think, and then put it in Manhattan. I didn't think that was a model. Did you see the uh, the Stay Puffed um, cameo in? Did you make it that far? No, I only seen like ten minutes of it, and I was like, sheesh. So one of the things that they had to do, and I understand why, but one of the things that they had to do is they had to hit certain, you know, nostalgia points in this movie, and one of them being Slimer, the other one being the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, and and, so, and uh, the the firehouse, and and you know all the staples from the first. And Slimer's a good guy. No, like on their team. No, 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 no. no. It's not oh, the cartoon. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what that is. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, he's like the maid at the firehouse. <laughs> at one point, though, all the four women Ghostbusters were walking down the street, and then they looked over and they saw four other people that were dressed up like Ghostbusters, and one of them was a gorilla. And then they just shook their fist out. No, <laughs> we're happen. the real. And they said, "We're the real Ghostbusters." <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Ghostbusters and you don't want to know how Stay Puft shows up, but this is how they worked it into it, was uh, in, the, in the middle of all this chaos breaking loose, they're running down the street and there is a parade with giant Macy's-style Thanksgiving uh, parade balloons, and one of the giant Macy's-style Thanksgiving parade balloons is the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, who then fall, I, I don't know if it gets possessed, see this is how little I was paying attention, but anyway, it's like falling on them and they have to zap it while it's falling on them, but it's just a balloon, that was yeah, like the yeah. only way they could do it. Alright, so anyway, enough Ghostbuster talk. Yeah. I, I think maybe Ghostbusters is just so unremakeable. Yeah, well, Without, like, and the reason why people don't like the women is because how do you replace Murray and sure. Aykroyd? And that's the, you know, it, even if you replace them with dudes, you know, yeah. especially even when you hear about Richard Pryor and and John Belushi, right? About in Ghostbusters, where like they were really supposed to be in it. That's even like really, you know, and that's Pryor and Belushi. Yeah, and you think like that can't replace Ak- uh, fucking Aykroyd and Murray, you know? Right. Well, I agree with you, and I even I I. Again, going back to the sexism thing, I was excited for this Ghostbusters because when I heard that they were they were going to remake it with the women, I was like, that's actually a good move. These these four women are some of the funniest people out there. And uh, you're not if you were going to do it with guys, you'd pretty much just be remaking the the same characters again. Yeah. And and this way, although they are kind of, you know, like Kate McKinnon was kind of Egon and yeah. and, and uh, Kristen Wiig was kind of Bill Murray and, you know, and so on and so forth. And the black one. But yeah, right. But but at least they're doing it. You know, it's women. You could kind of reset it. You know, and those four women are strong enough to carry it. So that made me that was the first time because before that they were talking about Ghostbusters and they were saying that they were going to have this kind of thing where the all Ghostbusters are. I think it was before what's his name died. Um, Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis died. It was supposed to be their kids. It was right? supposed, yeah, it was supposed to be yeah. like their predecessors, and they were going to be old and teaching these new kids how to be Ghostbusters. Yeah. And I was I like, I heard Rogan was supposed to be like Egon's kid. Oh, really? Yeah, well, that's, that's been weird. That's what I heard. But uh, but um, you know, and and that I remember being like, ah, it's kind of weak, you know. And then this I was excited for, it, and it just didn't hold. That's all. It just didn't hold up. It had nothing to do with being right. with women. It just yeah. didn't hold up, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. They're remaking so much shit, that, and. I, I, I never saw the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but they're making that a TV show. Yeah, well, that's a disaster. But yeah. you never saw the Rocky Horror Picture Show? No, nah, everybody what? says that to me. Like, I'm crazy. That's weird. Nah, it's, I don't know. It's something I never sat down and watched. You've never seen it? Never seen it. Never seen a second of it. I don't really? Think. Yeah. That's fascinating. I know. Everybody says that to me. I, when, when and that's I, the one thing that's, that's, that I'm okay with. Because then sometimes you'll say, like, you know, I never saw Pineapple Express. And people be like, what's wrong with you? It's like, just Pineapple Express, <laughs> you know, but I'll Wait, take Rocky Horror Picture Show. But you've seen Pineapple Express, I've seen, right? oh, okay. Yeah, I've All seen right. Pineapple Express. Because I was about to say, what's wrong <laughs> with you? But people do that over the stupidest movies. Like, they're classics and shit. There's a certain film that I've never seen and I will never see. And whenever I tell people about it, they freak the fuck out. What? 
You don't know the movie that I've never seen? Well, you, I know you've recently seen the one that I f- would freak out about. What? Die Hard. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, right, right. No. But there's a movie that I've never saw um, and on purpose, and, and I just refuse to see for some reason. There's certain things in my life that I just refuse to do, and this movie, for some reason, it just hit me in the wrong way. Uh, when I was younger, everybody was so excited about it, and I just couldn't care less about it, and so I just decided I'm never going to watch it, and I never have so it. So it came watched. out in our lifetime? In our lifetime. Yep. So when you were younger, everyone was all We were like early it. teens. It came out. It was the biggest thing in the world. It's all anyone could talk about. The special effects are crazy. Uh, fucking everybody loved it. And not only did I not see the film, I went out and bought a pair of boxer shorts with the film's logo all over it. And I wore them all the time. <laughs> and I still haven't seen the film. And, and it, the special effects were crazy when we were teenagers? This movie, when it came out, was like the breaking ground in, in, in CGI and special effects and stuff like that. I don't even know if they use CGI, but special effects. Uh, Titanic? <laughs> no. I don't know. No, I actually saw Titanic, unfortunately. I mean, I thought Avatar was groundbreaking in special effects. Another movie that sucked. Yeah. But no, fair. I did see Avatar. Not, I saw Avatar... And uh, I saw it in, um, in in Midtown in the city. It was when I was living in Jersey City. Me and my roommate at the time went to go see it. And uh, and um, uh, I was waiting outside for him to show up. And the, the, the movie had let out. The, the earlier movie had let out. And this big fucking Louise Guzman style dude came <laughs> out. And he had like two girls around his arms. And he was walking out. And he's like, the Avatars. They're too skinny. Why do you have so skinny? And now let me tell you something, Richard. That was the best part of the experience of watching the movie Avatar. <laughs> Hearing the Louis Guzman guy is ask why the Avatars are too skinny before I went into the, the theater. It was little did I know it was only downhill from there. That's very similar to my uh, Ninja Turtles Part Two experience. Really, the secret yeah. of the ooze. Yeah. Well, that that was that was the best part about the movie for me is because we were standing outside of the Middletown movie theater and there was all this like shit on the wall of the concrete. And this black guy looks over and goes, "Yo, it's that mysterious ooze." <laughs> 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 but uh, I would, it, given the opportunity. Or the choice between Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, uh, featuring, <laughs> Secret of the Ooze. Secret, featuring Vanilla like Ice, album name. Bebop, and Rocksteady, <laughs> yeah. or Avatar, I would choose Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze every single fucking <laughs> Secret time. Secret of the Ooze. No, the, the movie that... That's like a hip-hop album. Uh, the movie that I have never seen, never will see, don't care about seeing, and everybody, every time I say it, goes... <gasps> Is Jurassic Park? Oh, who gives a shit? Well, everybody, Fuck. everybody fucking cares about Jurassic Park. Apparently, when that movie came out, it was the biggest fucking thing in the world, and I was just like, I can't do, it. I don't give a fuck. fuck. Dread. The only dinosaur movie I like is Land of the Lost. Uh, Will Ferrell. <laughs> 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 fucking love that movie <laughs> with Shaka. <laughs> um, that could be one of the funniest movies of all time. You ever see that pile of shit? No, that I, shit is funny. Danny McBride's in it. Yeah. Yeah. I never saw it. Oh, my God. That movie's so funny. You have to see that. Okay. Or Jurassic Park. What was I saying before we got to Avatar, before we got to fucking... Secret of the Ooze? The Secret of the Ooze. I was like I was making some sort of fucking point, but I I forgot it now. Um... Uh, Avatar and the movie you haven't seen, which is Jurassic okay. Park. Yeah, yeah I, get, I was going somewhere, but I've, I veered <laughs> off that road a long time ago, so that whatever point I was trying to I'm make. I'm so distracted by the secret of the ooze now. Mm. The secret of the ooze. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking cool to say. Yeah, it is. The secret of the ooze. What What is it? That's why they became Ninja Turtles? Because of ooze? Yeah, it was the ooze. <laughs> Where did this ooze come? Did you do like I didn't see all of or remember all of two? So what is the secret of the ooze? I think the secret of the ooze is just that ooze fell that down a sewer ooze? and hit four turtles and they became big turtles. The secret of the ooze is that there's ooze. Yeah, that there's ooze at all. How, <laughs> just the fact that there's any sort of ooze is is a secret. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> That's crazy. So wait. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go ninja, go uh, ninja, okay. go. So the ooze didn't make them ninjas. Splinter made them ninjas. The ooze just made them teenage turtles. And then Splinter made them Yeah, he was the master. Turtles. Right, oh, okay. exactly. So did the ooze hit the rat and that's what made Master Splinter? That would make them all the same age, wouldn't it? Now, I believe in the... Th- 
in the comic book that Splint Master Splinter was actually a man who turned into a giant rat. But I think in the movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, he was a rat. It was just kind of like four turtles and a rat were hanging out in the sewer. Someone dumped some fucking secretive ooze down the <laughs> sewer and hit all of them. And then the rat was just like, hey, do you like uh, uh, Renaissance painters and, 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 and martial arts? Here you are. How about headbands and pizza? You like all that stuff? For real. What fucking weed smoker wrote this comic? I, it was whatever their names was. Something in Laird. Yeah, something in the ooze. Yeah. I want to know who was carrying this ooze. And then led to dropping it down the sewer onto turtles in her mouth. <laughs> Whoever it is, is 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 really a responsible human being. <laughs> they don't reveal that in the secret? I think that's what the secret is. <laughs> who's, who's carrying the ooze? That's fucked up because the, the movie title leads you to believe that they're going to tell you the secret about the ooze. I don't honestly remember. But then that. they just tell you that there's ooze and keep it a secret. I don't I don't know. It, it, there might be more to that. I have no idea. And I, I think I remember seeing Bebop and Rocksteady in there. Um and uh and Splinter and would the Krang ever make a, an appearance or is that only in the cartoons? That's got to be cartoon. How could they do Krang? Wasn't he just a brain inside of a body? Yeah, inside, inside of that of weird stomach? body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, Crying. but uh, you know they have these new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle films I haven't seen any of them but I mean it's all CGI so yeah. maybe they can do some cranking it up they can probably do crying but okay. fucking CGI man I, I, here's, here's what I hate about when movies adapt comic books or um, or cartoons is they always try they always try to make the characters more realistic and therefore ruin them Yeah, like uh, remember when they made that Dolph Lundgren He-Man film do you remember that? Uh, Masters of the Universe. Masters of the Universe. Yeah. It was a He-Man film. And they had Orko in it, but Orko was like this little... Instead of being just a sorcerer, this tiny sorcerer in, in, in purple clothing, they just made him... They made him like some sort of hairy animal. Really? Yeah, and they're just like, ah, that's Orko. And they said it was Orko? Because there was a, a little hairy... Remember Snarf? No, or Snarf that, was Thundercats. That was Thundercats. Mm-hmm. Thundercats are supposed to be your shit. I I'm, know. I'm sitting here with the Thundercats Come knowledge. On. I got a little mixed up in my 1984. Uh, yeah, and and uh, or like um, the first, like when they first made the uh, first Captain America movie, not the ones that are out now. Red Skull was like he wasn't like a Red Skull. He was just like a dude with a deformed face. Or I mean, I guess they're, they're working in the limitations of the technology at the yeah, time. Yeah. But I mean, the, the He Man thing always bothered me. Number one, that movie sucked. But but the He Man thing always bothered me because how hard would it have been to just you know put like a purple cap and a purple shirt on somebody small and make them Orko? Yeah. But instead, they had to turn him into like a monster. What are other ones? There's a billion of them, but I can't think of them right now. Yeah, there is a billion. I'm just so stuck on the ooze now. Really, <laughs> we can't waste this whole show on the I ooze. I know. Well, that's going to be an RDG Investigates. I'm going to find out the secret. Ooh, of the there you go. Find the uh... secret of the ooze. <laughs> ooze. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on it. Okay, so what's with the get down? Um, I guess that's where we started before we spiraled into oblivion. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, uh, you know, it's the... Uh, South Bronx in the late 70s and it shows how hip hop started mm-hmm. but you know they touch on like the politics and the um, you know everything that's going on in, in the late 70s they don't and they do a little disco they don't do any punk rock which at first I was like you know that's kind of shitty but I guess it just shows how much was going on then where they just can't incorporate everything. I feel like we've had this conversation before. We have had this conversation before, but not about this. It was about, I think, about something else. Oh, it was about that TV show Vinyl. Remember? Yeah. Which yeah. which turned out to be a, a, a big turd, right? Yeah, yeah. That got canceled. Yeah, this is actually way better than Vinyl. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but I, Vinyl did get canceled. I don't think people saw what was happening there. Yeah, you're like a big proponent. Because it, it, it was, everyone saying it wasn't accurate, it wasn't accurate. It wasn't supposed to be dead on accurate. It wasn't supposed to be like... Uh, you know, it's it's not based on true story. It's inspired by true events. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was kind of a, a make make-believe New York City, you know? It's okay. kind of like an alternative universe, New York City, you know? Because even though they did use real people's names, didn't they? I believe so. And they just fucked that all up, didn't they? Yes, they Fucking did. Fucking A, man. Maybe it wasn't supposed to be an alternative. They just fucked up their facts, I think. 
Either way, I'm going to take vinyl and go ahead and follow it away with Jurassic Park <laughs> in the <laughs> Never See column. Yeah. yeah, but the Get Down's really good. It shows like how, you know, they they went from just playing records to the, what they call the Get Down is how they keep scratching the record back to like the the height of the break. Mm-hmm. So like it takes two to make it. It takes two to make it. It takes two to make you know. So it shows how Grandmaster Flash like started scratching records, and then how eventually the MC started to rap over the records. You okay. Know? So it just shows the development of that and how that was, wow that was going on in the South Bronx. But there just needs to be more movies about that time era. Yeah. You know, it's just so much shit happening. And then I was thinking, like, we're kind of reliving that time. You know, and what's going on maybe in, you know, the economy and politics and our society and our culture. But why can't we have a fucking musical breakthrough? It do, yeah. you, It's a very good point. It does feel like uh, th- that now would be the time that uh, that some sort of artistic renaissance would, would happen. Yeah. Because the last time that that happened was in the early 90s. And we haven't had anything since. No. And and the and you're right. The political, economical uh, climate is 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 kind of it, the way that it should be for something like that to happen. There's yeah. some, there's a lot of people with desperation, um, and and, and have fa- you know fallen on hard times, can't get shit going, or, or you know that kind of deal. And that's normally when, when something erupts, right? I think if I was going to guess. Uh, I think what the, the reason why that we won't have that and why we might never have that again is because of the vastness of the internet. So even back in the nineties, you know, when, when all that shit broke, you know, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, that whole deal, the, the alternative thing, uh, that all broke. It, yeah. They were underground bands, but that all really broke through MTV and and stuff like that and then you know like 120 minutes alternative nation that kind of deal and then it got bigger and came on the radio and that's how everybody found out about it that wasn't in the know who wasn't like in their 20s in seattle and had been going to shows and shit like that um but that doesn't real that doesn't exist anymore because of the internet there's 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 so little focus like a band can't get as big as nirvana anymore you know, or the Beatles or anything for that matter, you know, because it's the same kind of deal where like, uh, you know, like uh, MASH or I Love Lucy or whatever were the biggest shows on on the face of the earth because there was only five or six choices back then. Yeah. So everybody watched those fucking things. But the more choices you have, the the, the more people are just going to scatter out into little things. So, so now there's tinier. It was kind of like what I was saying before with the podcast where there's tinier uh, things going on and not as many people are focused on them but the, the people that are focused on them are very passionate about it but but I don't know if one of those things will ever blow up to be this giant revolution again yeah. like changing music you know like because when's the last time that anybody's ever paid any attention to the, the charts the radio or any of that shit like Nirvana's big thing was that they knocked Michael Jackson off the number one spot of the yeah, charts yeah. I mean that doesn't not that doesn't even exist or matter anymore right. I think the only person that's charted ever since anything is Adele you know yeah. like you know you see what I'm saying so yeah. but but there are tons of, of, of underground bands that have huge followings uh that you know because because of the internet and stuff like that but i just don't know i don't know if there will ever be that big change again right. there might be you and know also in well, a form of something it might be an app or it might be a fucking i and i don't i have no idea but what i was thinking was there'll never be uh a scene again you know what i mean because i think maybe seattle was new you know, like that, that Seattle, that Seattle alternative sound was early '90s, so we were coming out of the '80s. So before that, there was no Seattle scene, and now with the internet, there is no. You can't call a scene from a town because you're getting pieces from everywhere. Yeah. So you're not going to get a you know a, a Seattle sound or a, or even like a Florida sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because what did you have before that? You know, you had. East Coast, West Coast, you know, maybe some some things from the South, but then Seattle came out with the alternative, so that when that break broke through, then there was a focus on that. Yeah, sure. But with little pieces coming from everywhere on the internet, there is no it, new scene. You're I, hearing it before there could even be a scene. You know, I used to always know the bands, uh, the bands that I cared about, or even bands that I vaguely cared about. I used to always know where they were from. 
uh, and it was just as important to me as the the music itself. But, but you're right now, I and I still do that because I research it. But there there isn't that. There isn't that, you know. There, there's, there's bands like uh, this new band that I love. I, I didn't know that they're from, they're from Canada. I didn't know they're from Canada. You know, I, I had no idea. It's not like they're coming out of, like you said, like a, a certain scene. So maybe right. that, maybe there's something to that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's still scenes as far as you know, like a city, a city's local music scene. But but uh, as far as yeah, more indie or underground, right? You know? Well, I mean that's how they all start. But you're right, you know. Before that, it was like you think of the you know there was like the L.A. hair metal scene, yeah, and then the Seattle alternative scene, and the you know the New York punk scene, the Boston punk scene, you know, shit like that. Yeah, uh, you'll never hear like oh, there's something brewing in South. LA, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just And another and another thing is is that bands now the only way that bands make any money whatsoever now is to constantly be on the road. So so bands don't even don't even stay in their cities anymore. You know, it used to be you'd be able to sell some records and play play your local clubs every once in a while and then head out on the road once a year or twice, you know, once or twice a year. But now these bands once they reach a certain if if you're in a band that you're actually, you know, playing. If you're actually making any sort of living off of the band, you got to constantly be on the road. Yeah. So bands are just driving around playing. It, it just almost doesn't matter where they are. It's not like they have a home, you know, a home mm. scene. You know. Yeah. Like, uh, it's kind of shitty. One of my newer favorite—I I shouldn't even call them newer. They've been around for a while. But one of my my newer bands that I, I've been obsessed with is from Scranton. You know, like was that Pennsylvania? Yeah, it's where you know it's where Dunder Dunder Mifflin <laughs> is, and uh, you know what what the fuck's in Scranton? But yet they're 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 a really good band, and and but I don't consider that out of the Scranton Pennsylvania scene, right. you know that kind of deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and and you're right. The internet kills all that because you just have access to it, and all they want to do is be on the internet. It doesn't matter what bands they play with because they don't have to be localized in any scene for anyone to notice them. Right. It's just they put their shit online and head out on the road. And I just, yeah, I just depressing. I did well. It's it's a it's a double edged sword to use a really uh, bad and probably unapplicable uh, metaphor cliche. It, it's it's uh, it, it, the the internet uh, like ruins things, but then also makes them so much better in the fact that I'm trying to get my thoughts together here. So so like let's let's apply it directly to music. The internet has done a, f- a, a few different things. It's number one destroyed the record industry. So it's it's um, it's it's made it harder for artists to make money th- with their music and with their art. Which, as an artist, um, you know, or at least somebody that that makes music, let's say, I don't know if I'm going to call myself an artist or not, or, or does creative things like this or the podcast. You know that kind of sucks because you would like to make a living off of the things that you love to do, and mm-hmm. at one point it was easier to do that. However, uh, it, 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 uh, the other side of that is that you're able to get your stuff out there so much easier and quicker and cheaper now, and, and expose yourself to so much more people. Uh, you know that than you ever were able to. Like back in the day, you literally had to have a record deal to get out of your hometown, you know, like people, again, people might've known, you know, like, uh, people knew who mud honey were in Seattle, but they, it, it took Nirvana getting big and then them get, you know, getting on a record label because they were from that sound that, that the people finally were like, Oh, okay. Mud honey's a good band. Right. right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. But now a band like mud honey could put, you know, put their shit out there and, and start getting YouTube hits and, and SoundCloud hits and iTunes hits and stuff like that. And then have a pretty good following through that if their music is good enough. Yeah. But there's also so much, there's so much saturation that, that you know. It, it, uh, hmm. Okay. Let me try to figure, let me try to say it this way. You remember when you're younger and you would go into a record store and then you'd be all excited to go into a record store to buy new records. And then as soon as you walked in, you'd kind of freak out because you did, you forgot, like you didn't really know what to buy. Yeah. All the time. Right. Yeah. And it's like a weird feeling. You're like, all right, sweet. I'm going to go. I got a fucking 50 bucks. I'm going to go get five CDs or I'm going to get remember five the records. New Ozzy? <laughs> yeah. Right. And then you walk in, you're like, wait, what should I buy? I don't fucking know what to buy, you know? And, uh, <laughs> That is what life on the internet is because I I have Spotify, I have iTunes, um, I I'm I I rapidly consume music and I rapidly consume podcasts and I do that where I'm like all right sweet I'm gonna listen to something new 
And then I look at it. And I'm like, what the fuck should I listen to? There's so much out there. It almost becomes stifling. It it almost it you know it almost it, it just stops your progression whatsoever because you don't know what direction to go in. And another thing that it does is for me at least. I, I don't know if you do this or anybody at home listening does this, but it makes my willingness to stick with something very 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 quick. So if so before if I was to go to a a, a record store and spend my hard earned money on like twelve ninety nine on a CD because you know I went and bought the the wax CD because I saw the Spike Jones Southern California video where the guy was running down the street on fire in slow motion and I was like that song rules and that video rules I'm gonna go spend money on the CD and I listened to the CD and I didn't like the CD that much but I already spent the money and I already have it and I'm sitting there looking at the artwork so I'm gonna give it three or four spins and see if I really like it yeah yeah and I'll sometimes. Uh, 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 some of my favorite albums on earth were albums that I didn't like the first three or four or five times that I listened to. And then all of a sudden I listened to it and I was like, wow, I got the genius of this finally. Now, when I'm on Spotify and I could literally dial up almost all the music in the world at any second if i go to try to new uh, try a new band and i listen to two or three of their songs and i don't like it i don't st- i stop listening to them and i don't fucking listen to them anymore mm. and and that's a disservice to the band and that's a disservice to me too yeah because the, these are bands that could probably grow on me right and probably are putting out some pretty rad music that i should be listening to but but the fact that there's a billion other bands waiting for me to get to at this point i'm just like all right skip all right skip you know? i hear you i mean i'm still technically a cd man my Myself. Really? I, still, I still have the book. You knew that. I still got my CD book. I still, I, I get excited to buy it. Well, it hasn't happened in a while. But if there's an album I want, I, I do. I like having the, the artwork and yeah, this, yeah. I like it. I like. You know, I, it, there's something to about it. that too. I, I I've always loved albums. Mm-hmm. I've I've never you know. And they say they say now that uh, that we've gone back to being in a sing in a single culture. And I can yeah. understand that with things like Spotify and iTunes. It's really more about the song than it is the album. Yeah. But I've always been an album guy. If you give me if you give me an album that's like a piece of art from beginning to end that tells a story or at least like follows some sort of arc or whatever or just a solid fucking album, mm-hmm. that's always what I want. I'd rather listen to a long album than a short burst of music at any time. Yeah, because when know? you got the whole album, you kind of get a sense of what the band was doing or what the at least the songwriter was you know into or about at that moment in time when they were writing the album yeah like you said it tells a story almost sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't but yeah you don't get you know of course you love a song it's like oh i love that song but you don't get that just from one song then on to the next you know yeah i'm a a big album guy yeah and i don't and i think i think the younger generations aren't that you know not at all and there's new songs coming out every day they can't keep up but maybe that'll be maybe that'll be part of whatever comes next is that coming because everything comes back around it's all slick, cyclical mm-hmm. you know or so, but sometimes it tries to and it just doesn't you know it tries to come back around but then people get excited for a week and then it's forgotten yeah but I remember in the eighties uh, ag- again to bring it back to the early nineties like we often do but I remember because that was our time period I remember in the eighties it was a very it was a single kind of atmosphere. You know, you would go into the record store and there would just be the single cassettes of whatever song was on top 40. It was mm-hmm. like opposites of track, Paul Abdul or fucking whatever Madonna song, or whatever Motley Crue song or whatever. And they'd have the singles. And that was a very much a single thing. And then when the alternative music started coming in, that's when the albums really started taking a precedent again and people started listening to albums again. Yeah, true. So, so it can happen. Mm-hmm. It's just that, you know, now, I, I, I again, I think... I. I don't know because I'm I'm older and I'm, I'm not part of the the millennial generation or the youth that's out there right now, but I, you know I, I think that they probably suffer from the same things that I suffer from. Like I said, where they're not willing to give something that big of a chance when there's so much out there, so they're probably just you know hearing a song and being like, okay, I got that song, or you know, I I, I got that song, or I I don't know if these albums are getting, you know, it, and and sometimes you know. I don't know. There's a lot of filler that goes on albums too. You know, there's uh, it's it's hard. See, like that's what I mean by a double edged sword. I I could see both sides of it. Mm. I don't know if it's good or bad or or whatever, but uh, just the way it is. I mean, yeah, you know, you get a shitty album every once in a while, but I still, you know, I still side with the. I mean, that could also be the me getting old part. Yeah, I still side with the album. You know. Yeah. 
I, I just, you know, there's a lot of people that put a lot of filler on albums, and that that's always bothered sure. me. I'd rather an album be seven songs long and be seven solid songs than be 15 songs long and, and fucking, you know, seven of those songs are just kind of like mm. bullshit, yeah. you know, and you could feel it when bands do that. But there, you know, there's there is definitely nothing better than than having a new album that just kills you from beginning to end, yeah, and, and you could just, just start it, it over again and just light a ride. Yeah, that is the best. And then and then the, the best thing that happens in that, and it kind of speaks to what I was saying before, is uh, is that you know you first start listening to an album and you have your like three favorite songs on the album, and then you listen to it and you listen to it and you listen to it, and then and then uh, and then it, like one day one of the songs that you like the least on the album, all of a sudden you like hear one part and you're like, holy shit, I never heard that before, and then that becomes your favorite song on the album, mm-hmm. and you want to listen to that all the time, and that that's the mark of good albums is that, that they'll just it just you're always finding something new in it no matter how long you've listened to it, and I have albums like that that I've listened to for twenty years. That I'll still listen to, and I'll be like, I never heard that bass part. I never heard that, or you know, what I mean, like, I didn't know he did that there, or whatever. And it's, uh, you know, that's it's it's becoming more and more rare. But when you get that, it's it's fantastic. That's the secret of the ooze, right? There. <laughs> that's the secret of the ooze. <laughs> Figured it out already. Um, so it's keeping in the talks of modern technology and and movies and all that stuff. I over the weekend had my first. I dipped my my big toe. Just slightly into the waters of virtual reality. Yeah. Oh, you tried it out. Yeah. How well, was it? I now, know all about it. No, I didn't. I didn't try anything cool out. I didn't try the the Oculus Rift or the PlayStation VR or any of that stuff out. I just tr- I just saw uh, a buddy of ours um, is uh, he works for a big. Uh, I was going to say magazine, but I don't even think the magazine is probably the least bit. He works for a big entertainment uh, television. He works for National Geographic. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm fucking saying. I don't know why I couldn't say it. He works for fucking National Geographic, and uh, they have a they have a uh, a new show coming out um, about Mars, and they're doing this big provo- promotional event in the city um, where uh, where it, they're like you could go and and th- strap on the VR, and it, and, it, and it gives you this thing where you're like taking off in a spaceship and landing on Mars or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he had like a sample of it, and uh, and just the car- the Google Cardboard things that they have. That's all. And you just put it on your phone. Oh, you put it in your phone, right? And you rock it that way. But for me, it was the first time that I've ever, I've ever even put one of those things to my faces and even looked at it. And it, it was a very low level of it, you know. It's, it's, it was, uh, but um, uh, it was fascinating. And then it, it, the reason that I'm telling you this is because uh, he 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 had an extra one of the the Google Cardboard things, and he was like, "Here, take it home and, and try it, try it out." And and in my mind. I said to myself, "Oh, this is cool. I can't wait to see what kind of games are on the App Store for me to play on this thing." You know, I'm sure there's some cool like little immersive fucking uh reality things. And then that lasted for all of maybe 3 to 4 seconds and then I immediately thought, "I can't wait to go home and watch porn on this." <laughs> and uh and from that moment on, I've just been watching porn on that thing. You got that shit here? What? Yeah. <laughs> Let me try. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but it but it's it's fascinating how quickly technology goes back to fucking yeah. porn. And 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 I I'd love to say that I was above it. I'd love to say that I you know I, I was <laughs> I was even saying to to my friend who who gave me the thing while while uh, we were, I was hanging out with him and his lovely fiance over the weekend, and uh, I was saying, you know. Um, I've 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 been a video gamer. I've been a gamer my whole life, but but I've kind of given that up, you know, in my older age and I got all these things going on. I don't really have time to sit down and play video games. So I've kind of just given that up. But I know I know deep down inside that this VR thing is going to get me back into playing video games because at some point it's going to be so fucking good. Yeah. Like, you know, this is just the beginning of it. But at some point it's going to get to the point where you're literally going to like step into a, you're going to be in the video game, like fucking shooting people and barrel rolling and doing all crazy shit. And it's going to be such an uh, amazing fucking psychedelic experience that, that I'm going to have to be a part of it. So they have to add games to this or can you just plug this into existing games? Uh well, they, well no this thing th- th- this right now is literally just a fucking it's like, like a, a cheap viewer thing, that you yeah. use your cell phone and even that's even that's enough but but the ones that are out the Oculus Rifts uh the P- P- PlayStation Four VR and all that stuff that's coming out I mean those are the first stepping stone into what was going eventually we're going to have that's great and and everything's I'm sure already better quality on that you know but even just what you could do by putting that thing to your head and floating it around. 
But anyway, my whole point was is that I was talking that whole thing about the gaming, and, and I was like, this is going to get me back into video games or whatever, and literally cared about the video games for all of five seconds <laughs> until I immediately found a fucking redhead going to town on, on some fucking virtual. It, it, it is literally what I've, all I've done. And how virtual is it? Like, it, it's not like POV, is it? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So, so, <laughs> so, so you're the guy. Uh, you're, you're the guy and, and they have, um, it's either 180 or 360. So the way, the way that it's controlled, the way that it's shot is that you could literally look around and it's kind of, it's kind of fascinating. And again, this is like low level experience stuff. You, you can still tell that it's a video, you know, it's, it, you could still, it's, it doesn't feel, you don't, you don't, you don't feel like you're in the room with this chick, you right, know what right. I mean? But but uh, but it's as close as it can be for looking through a cardboard thing on the phone. Yeah. But the cool part about it is that you can like, so let's say she's just she's just down there doing her thing. You could literally just look out the window if you want, yeah. you know, and you don't have to. You, there's she's not in a shot anymore, or, or like you know, like look up at you know, it's it, that's that, funny. Yeah, it's fucking weird. It's a weird thing. That's cool. And 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 it just made me think. And again, this is so low level, but man. Is is it going to get to the point where, like, like we've talked about many times before on this fucking lovely podcast, is that we're just going to be fucking computers? Yeah, because you could probably put the thing over your eyes, and then there'll be like a like a belt or like a certain underwear you put on, so that you're seeing this, and then the underwear gives you the feeling of it. So you just got to just chill back and watch, and it feels like you're just fucking someone that you're watching. You yeah, know what I mean? no, that's it. I'm sure all that. I'm sure there were not only is that happening, they're working on it right. The fuck yeah. now the videos are going to get better the perspective is going to get better it's going to it's going to get to the yeah. point where all you're going to have to it's going to be like fucking you know like demolition man or you know like you're going to throw on this fucking headset and have sex yeah because when we when we were first talking about fucking robots i thought you would have to physically fuck a robot <laughs> but now that i'm thinking about it you just strap on the eyes and strap on the belt and just sit back and you know the show does it yeah that's crazy and it, that'll probably there will probably be some sort of thing some sort of mechanism that you you put over your dick that's what i mean like a certain underwear that will mi- that will mimic what the woman is doing in the video like exactly. the same kind of thing that's what I yeah, mean. yeah yeah no it's happening i'm sure it's happening <laughs> that's so it's funny. it's uh it's crazy but it but it also made me think and i've and i and i've tried it a few times i, I i'm not gonna fucking lie about it i've fucking tried it a few times and uh, and it's it's a better way to watch pornography of course and even at this very low level kind of you know beginner this is like the fucking this is the 8-bit nintendo of the virtual reality porn world you know and and just like i was in fucking first day of kindergarten when i came home and my parents had super mario brothers set up on the television i'm fucking stoked about it but you know in in a few years from now you're gonna get the song it's gonna be yeah i'm gonna (laughs) sign the hedgehog and toe jam and earl and then a few years from then i'm gonna have fucking golden eye and uh (laughs) super mario 64 and then a few years from then i'm gonna be playing halo (laughs) yeah fucking haloing it up can't wait to halo it up that shit's nuts yeah it's it's uh it's pretty interesting so do you remember the virtual reality thing that i had when it was like 90s but virtual boy virtual boy yeah. yeah that thing was fucked up you like laid on your stomach and it was on a mini tripod and you stuck your face in it and there was nothing virtual reality about it it was just that you didn't see anything else besides the game because your face was locked in a thing it was 3d right a little bit and it was just it was all red yeah it was just all red and it was just lines and dots yeah well, what do you mean lines in that? Like, was there actual graphics in it? Yeah, there was graphics. It was just all red. Oh, okay. Like, I had my favorite game I had for it. Well, I had two favorite games. One was a pinball. Mm-hmm. It was just pinball, mm-hmm. you know, which was still one of the best Nintendo games ever. Yeah. But, um, and the other one I had was like Mario Tennis. Okay. And that was my favorite. But you, it, it was, it's not like you were the person. You just like watched. It's like you're playing a video game, but like putting your face right up to the TV. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then they, they discontinued it because kids were dropping dead of seizures. And I would stand up sometimes and be a little bit wobbly, but I never had like a seizure from it. But Really? Yeah. Apparently they were dropping like flies. Really? Yeah. Nintendo, virtual, but they must have swept that under the rug. They totally did. I wish I never took it out of the box. I re- Oh, yeah, dude. You'd you be know? selling it on eBay for like thousands of dollars. I I, I do remember coming over to your house and trying it and just not being uh, not being too, too impressed, too impressed right? by yeah, it. No. Espe- even as a gamer, I was just kind of like, Meh. like yeah. you know. It was still, it was like the nineties. It was like ninety five, I think I got it because I remember. Well, my brother got it, and I remember him being really young. So it had to be the nineties. You know what's weird? And I felt the same way about the three D movies, uh, which like 
it's something that's been around for so long, but then all of a sudden, like the world of technology just decides to get serious about it. Yeah, it, it, you know, like like there was the same thing with the three D movies. Like out of nowhere, three D movies just started becoming popular, and it was like I know that they they got better with the IMAXs, and and it wasn't the red and blue glasses anymore or whatever, but still. 3D, you know, 3D movies have been out since the fucking 60s or whatever. Yeah. And and you think that they would have been working on that technology from the beginning and getting it better and better, but they didn't. They were just like, this is a novelty thing. Nobody cares about it. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere in the early 2000s, someone someplace said, we need to bring 3D movies back. And now 3D movies are a fucking big te- technological experience that you could go have. It's the same thing with this virtual reality. We've been seeing virtual reality in movies. We've been hearing about virtual reality. It's like the it's like a flying car, you know? Like, we've been hearing about yeah. it our whole life, about this virtual reality. And then it was never anything. And then all of a sudden, in the last year, it's now here's a virtual reality. Like, mm-hmm. do they hold it back for a while and say, here, like, when, how does, you know? I think with the 3D thing, I think, um, you know, 3D kind of died off when, you know, back in the day. But then movies, they started coming out with these crazy blockbusters where there'd be, you know, CGI and special effects where they probably would see these movies and be like, yo, if this was 3D, that would be insane. Yeah. And then they started working on that again, probably like right after Transformers came out or some shit. Right. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess that makes sense. The more CGI, the more computer animated they are anyway, the more they can make them 3D. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I I remember uh, the first 3D film that I saw of this like new generation, again, not the red and blue fucking glasses, you know, like uh, uh, was the black glasses. (laughs) They made they made a remake of the horror film My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I went to um, to go see that with the girl I was seeing at the time, and it was a 3D movie. And I remember even being like, I didn't even know, I did not know what it was going to be because I, I was literally thinking to myself, like, are, am I going to get the red and blue glasses? Like, is this why is this happening? It's 2009, you know, or 2008 or whatever it may be. And uh, and and then I walked in and got the glasses. I guess some form of the glasses that you get now. And watched it, and it was actually like things were in your face and getting weird and shit. Yeah. And it was the first time that I'd ever experienced that. And I remember thinking to myself, like, "Oh, now they have like this is real 3D. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> it went from one day I had no idea that there was 3D films like in that, in that caliber to they put out a shitty remake of a of a horror film that you know nobody even remembers. And then I went there and was blown away by the experience. <laughs> and it's the same thing, like you know, uh, I, I've been hearing about VR, but. I you know I went I went to my friend's place in DC for the weekend. He's he works in a technological field. Gives me one little thing. Now I'm home fucking watching virtual porn out of nowhere. <laughs> it's fucking That's all it takes. I don't get it, but I I I could see and I I also listen to uh, Duncan Trussell's podcast sometimes and he's been pushing VR like crazy. I think he has the Oculus and he loves it and uh, and and you could just tell that this is. This might be the nail in the coffin for the human race, though. Really? Yeah. We're all going to be walking around with like these face masks bumping into each other? Well, it, here, here's the thing, and I don't want to get too deep into it uh, at the end of the show, but you know, at what point is an, is an experience... There's a lot of people out there that will tell you that the human experience is just some sort of virtual reality, right? So it's just it, like what we experience on a daily basis is just our synapses and, and us, uh, us taking stimulus into our brain and processing it, and that becomes our reality. Like, you know, there's theories of who knows... It, it, like this might just be a reality that we make for ourselves. So who knows what the the actual world around us really is? And so, if a virtual reality, if a computer based reality experience could be so real, who's to say that that isn't reality, right? So, so eventually, when we get to the point where these virtual reality things are going to be like you could put on this headset, and then all of a sudden be wherever the fuck you want with wherever the fuck you want fucking whoever you want playing whatever game you want doing whatever you want and it's so real that it feels real then then that's the reality that people are going to want to be in you know like uh you're going to want to fucking you might have to work some shitty job in order to 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 pay rent but then when you come home do you want to sit on your shitty couch with your fucking with your shitty wife and watch stupid football or something like that <laughs> or do you want to throw on this throw on this fucking virtual reality thing and then just be flying or be a fucking king or fucking supermodels or whatever the fuck you want to do and 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 if if be a king <laughs> I don't know why I said 
Yeah. But uh but you, you know what I'm saying? And and if the re- if the experience is is real, then it's then it's a real experience. You know, like it's going to get to yeah. that fucking point. Yeah, what's the difference, you know? Right. That's what I'm saying. And that's what's kind of scary about it. That's fucked up. Yeah. So it's going to be one of those things where everyone's just going to run home and be sitting in a pod with this fucking thing on in a different world. It's going to be like the fucking Matrix. Yeah. And I can see it happening all because I watched a blurry video off of YouPorn <laughs> Dude, I'm on, my, on my Google Cardboard. I'm fucking afraid of technology. It's official. I don't hate it. I fear it. Well, the only saving grace there, Richard, uh, is that we'll probably be dead before it's uh, a real, real before problem. Pods, yeah. We'll probably, we'll probably, just, our generation will probably die off like right before the shit hits the fan. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. But maybe we'll get some real, some good virtual fucking in before that happens. <laughs> oh, you know it. Hey. Thanks for listening to the Awkward i5 podcast. Go on iTunes and leave a review. Or anywhere where do you listen. Leave a virtual review. <laughs> Virtually leave a review. You can leave them on Stitcher if you want. Uh, or uh, any other place that you get this fine program. But uh, but iTunes would be the best. But it doesn't matter. Leave a review. Once we have 100, we're going to throw a party. And uh, we'll that's just all sit around with our masks on. <laughs> yeah, it might be a virtual party. Yeah. But hell. Either that. You get an invite and a mask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else? Nah. Hey, look, we're gonna get in two shows this week. Well, knock on wood, because <laughs> Friday hasn't happened yet. But uh, I hope it does. Anyway, we will see you in the future days. Thanks for listening to the Awkward High Five podcast. For more episodes, visit awkwardhighfive.com.